know you're gonna dig this. Conversations that are designed to push you from walking in potential to fulfilling your purpose and introducing, introducing, introducing our host, Anthony Mitchell. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Anthony Mitchell. Just wanted to say that we have some company today, meaning I got a special guest who's going to keep it hot, flavorful. But before I introduce him, I do have to say, Whatever platform you were streaming this podcast from, please give us a like, a share, a rate, a subscription. Help us to get this content out to the four corners of the world. But before we do so, we got to hear from our sponsors. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone. This is Andre Truitt, representative for Just Gifted Clothing Brand. If you have individual talent of any kind, we are talking to you. Join this clothing brand that has built a community of people that encourages others to use their gifts and talents. Man, we are the fastest growing brand that you haven't heard of yet. To find out what we're really about, just go to JustGiftedClothingBrand.com. Let me spell that out for you. J-U-S-T. G-I-F-T-E-D clothingbrand.com. One more time for you. J-U-S-G-I-F-T-E-D clothingbrand.com. Talent in any way, you're just gifted. What's up, everybody? This is Anthony Mitchell again, coming at you with a second part to Monday's edition with Lee Jackson. Uh, unfortunately, we got hot and heavy in our conversation, and it felt like old Slewfoot stepped his foot in the conversation. We kept having drop calls between both Lee and I, and we decided that conversation was so good we had to come back with a part two. A lot of people that heard it wanted to hear more of his story, and thankfully we were able to wrap it up. So we will be caught up to speed very quickly. Um, and then we will transition into the second part of the interview. But if you didn't get a chance, please go back. Listen to my brother's testimony. Shares a profound story of family beginning. Just very picturesque storybook-like. And then it disbands. He's experiencing some homelessness, um, developing some bad habits and some things just to survive. But from there, God's grace and mercy begins to show itself prevalent in his life. And now he is standing here today as a testimony. So with no further ado, let's welcome Brother Lee Jackson back to the platform so he can get us caught up with part two of his story. Yeah, man. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, man, I mean, leaving Memphis was 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 tough. It was it was great because I got a you know me and my wife just had a child, and so we went to Dallas. We was trying to see God, God, where you want us to go? We want to be closer to family, and uh, end up coming to Dallas. Coming to Dallas, Texas, man. We went to West Dallas, start working for a nonprofit uh, called Mercy Street. It was just me. My wife stayed at home, and um, taking care of the baby. And at Mercy Street, I became the sports. I was the sports director. I came in to help use sports as a platform to share the gospel. And that was it. 
And that's what I love to do anyway. God was using me in that way of just using sports as a way to bring him glory. And so they had a, a baseball program of about 150 kids uh, with two baseball fields, a little bitty little league field and a big high school field. And then they had 40 kids playing soccer, and which I did not know anything of. So I had to study up on soccer. I had to, you know, hire some really good hires that knew soccer. And so um, it was just like, all right, God, I'm here to serve you and serve this community. And, and around this community, it was five apartment complexes. That's where we went and got the kids. But me saying, hey, I'm going to be involved in the schools because I didn't want a kid to get away. Because in my life, I knew if a guy didn't, wasn't in school and after school with me, I got a way to get away. And so I spent time in school with those kids. I spent time at the fields with those kids and we started to grow. You know, I was I was glad to be a part of what God was doing and, and what God was doing with us in this ministry was that he started growing us. Man, at one point we had 600 kids playing baseball uh, and all from the inner city. You know, we got 250 kids playing football and we got 400 kids playing soccer. Now we play soccer in this big old wide open field. And so I started going, all right, God, we, you know, and, and when I was 15 years old, I remember God giving me a vision one day of just, Hey, you're going to run a sports complex, you know, and I'm going, okay. And this is what it was, you know, and we start talking about, Hey, we need to build because I was running out of space. And so I came up with this plan, talking with these guys, and then I go, hey, I started researching Urban Youth Academies, what MLB was doing. And so that became the jump of, hey, this $22 million capital campaign we did that we partnered with the Texas Rangers, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, FC Dallas, uh, Major League Soccer, uh, MLB. We, we started partnering with everybody, uh, NFL. And we built this $22 billion sports complex in the middle of the hood. And you're talking about, we got five baseball fields, an indoor facility. Uh, I partnered with Clayton Kershaw, and that was my first ask. I asked Clayton Kershaw, hey, can you help us? Because I started running his baseball camps. And I was doing his baseball camps, and we we started the first year with about 180, 200 kids at his baseball camp. And then the next year, we had 400. And so his camp was growing. It was good. And he knew he'd seen the impact and he's there sharing the gospel with people, man. And uh, it was going well. And so Clayton go, I'm on board. Lee. Let's make this happen. And so um, MLB came with the Urban Youth Academy there with, with the Texas Rangers and they provided an indoor facility and, and a baseball field. And then we built three other fields. So we ended up with five baseball fields. Uh, partner with the Dallas Cowboys and we built in uh in the Cotton Bowl here and we built a turf football field and then we partnered with Energy Transfer Partners and FC Dallas and we and, and Major League Soccer and we built a full side soccer field and two small side soccer fields. Um that was fenced in. And this complex man, we were jumping. You're talking about we we're playing with people uh that's in the suburbs. You know, in Plano, Texas, uh, Addison, all these guys started coming down and playing in our, our league. And so our baseball league with the 600 kids we had, our league turned into playing about 12 to 1500 kids 
um, because they were coming from up north to play with our kids down in the inner city. Now, you think a lot of people, we had Highland Park kids coming over to play. You thinking most people don't want to come to the inner city, especially not in the hood where you got five uh, apartment complexes in there. But we were, because we were gospel centered, we were focused on sharing the gospel. We were focused on loving on the people. People were willing to come because they started seeing the change. They were hearing about what we were doing. They seen the physical change, but when they came in, they seen the spiritual side. We prayed with our kids every, before every game. We shared the gospel with them every game. And our coaches, when we had 180 coaches, and they were all believers. You mean, you get kids that, you got some coaches that was beginning of their faith walk. You had kid, some believers that was you know, they've been living their life for years and, and and walking their faith out. And so God was blessing us through that. But then in the midst of that, you know, we started a football camp called Football to Faith. And that football camp is where I started, where I was like, I need NFL players to teach some of our kids. I wanted our kids to learn from the highest level. And so we brought in 15 NFL guys um to come in we had june jones come in we had walt walt harris come down we had chris draft involved we had man we had uh willie green who played with the browns we we just had so many guys around and and we were sharing the gospel with them you know that was our whole focus was to show you skills but share the gospel with you and share our lives with them because all of these guys who played in the nfl were christian guys you know, we, we had all these, uh, all the guys that played college ball that was teaching them was all believers that wanted to share Christ with these kids and come back and share our life with them. And well, so I don't, I, don't, I don't want you off. I do want you to finish your thought, but I, I just have to ask you a stupid question. Go ahead. So as you're in this moment that you're sharing right now about the grand things that God had really done for you, doors he's opened. Did you ever have this moment where the enemy would want you to look back from where you came from and feel like you didn't deserve or that this moment was too big or that things were going to go wrong like they had done before? Did you ever have that in that moment? No. You know, I just I had so much trust in the Lord that what he was doing, I knew it was not me. It was just what he had for me planned. Like 15 years, when I was 15 years old, that plan of running a community center, uh, a mm. complex, that was just, it, I was able to see God fulfill a promise to mm. me. And in the midst of that, I was just, I was just excited to just work and, and serve our community and our people. And so I was not focused on that. I was focused on serving the people, serving God. And because I wasn't focused on the enemy, man, I seen, we seen a fruit of other people wanting to give back. We start seeing our kids, our youth wanting to give back and work in that neighborhood. And so now having people that's living that I know that's doing it. I, I wanted, the reason I wanted to throw that in there because I have often in youth men. What I was saying was I wanted to ask you this question just off the cuff because a lot of the kids that we have and even adults in ministry, they have this mindset of starting and stopping because they allow the enemy to always come in. And when things are going good, sometimes they self-sabotage. So when you answer that question the way you did, I thought that was a nugget that we should take. 
mm-hmm. stick it in our purse and our wallets and carry it with us wherever we go. But that's to see God in every situation and to have that mindset that he's on your side. But anyway, as you were telling your story, um, God is opening many doors. I want you to continue with that because I'm getting blessed from this myself. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, in, and in the midst of that, me still focusing on God, I knew at one point in time that my mission will be ending in that field, you know, being there at that field, seeing the goodness of it, seeing what the Lord was doing. But God had another assignment once that assignment was fulfilled. And so I started having a burden in my heart to kind of go to, to that's when distinctly he has started being birthed. It's just like, Hey, it's, it's time for you to do more. You know, it's time for you to do more, but this is what I want you to do. And so it's one of those things where God was like, I want you to go out on your own. And I was kind of nervous because going on on my own, I'm, I was, you get to that place where you could feel lonely and I'll enjoy being part of a team because I've enjoyed being part of family. I enjoy about being part of a lot, doing life with others and going out on your own. Sometimes mean you're going to be by yourself again. And so me and my wife was praying about it and praying about it. And, and we started it. And my wife was like, I want to get back in ministry. And so I want to do ministry. That's been our goal since we got married was to do ministry together. And so she said, I want to get back in it. And I go, okay, all right, God, what are you doing? But we're going to follow you. We're going to trust you. And we started distinctly his. And that's when we started realizing you provided us how to do life on life with our people in our community. So we want to be that resource for our community. And so we want to spend time with them. We want to engage with them. We want to do Bible studies with them. We want to engage them in school so our kids don't have a, a way out. And so we start doing school activities and we start doing school mentoring. And so we do a mentoring program in the schools doing school hours with our with the kids. And um, and we just kind of continued on with the football camp and start. So the kids that come to the football camp, we start watching and they start getting older. And it's like, hey, how do we help you go to school? Because that's what God did for me. God, I started looking at my life and going, all right, God, what did you do for me? And I said, one, he provided me somebody who was faithful to stay there and committed to me. And that was Ted Ginn Sr. and mentor me. And so that's why we do mentor. You know, it's going, all right, I want to be that consistent, faithful man. And my wife want to be that woman for these young ladies and these adults. We want to be that, you know, no matter what, we want to be there. And then the other one, he was able to provide me an opportunity to go to college, to get a further my education, to further my dream, my goal, to, to receive my goal in life or what I wanted to do. And that's ultimately what I'm doing now is ministry and provide that way. And so I go, how do I help our kids get to college? And so we started our college bus tours and, you know, taking football athletes to camps, clinics and universities Um some of those kids never been there. Like we took, we took a bus of 39 kids last year or 35 kids that was high schoolers. And that was 35. We went to university of Florida, did a camp at university of Florida, went to South Florida. We went to uh, Florida state. We went to FAMU. We went to uh, uh, Kennesaw state. We went to Georgia tech. We went to Alabama, Alabama State, we went to LSU, we went to Southern University, University of Houston, we went to Houston Baptist. 
all those places on the bus for seven days. And out of that, we had 63 offers or over 63 offers from that seven day bus tour. Today, people look at that bus tour and all the kids that got offers from that trip because we went to a mega campus scene over a hundred some coaches, those kids all together, we got over a hundred some division one offers for kids to go play college football. And then we're going, all right, Lord, you're doing something mighty in this. And we're going, we're going to keep going this year. We're going on the West coast and we're going to go to, you know, Oregon, Oregon state. We're going to go to Stanford and Cal Berkeley and UCLA and USC and, we want to give these kids an opportunity because those kids that was on that bus last year, 80% of those kids never been to the state of Florida. And so we explore, we letting them see the world more than just, Hey, staying in your community, staying in your city. You can be a great player and be an awesome player, but you never seen anything outside. And so we want to broaden their horizon. We want to expand their territory. And so, uh, that's where we get to, that's where that came from. And then the other thing was, uh, because I was, God shared, shared, like again, took me to the FCA camp where I can share the gospel, where I got the gospel shared to me and I accepted the Lord that time. That's what we do. We share the gospel. You know, we share the gospel with kids. And then we got opportunity. If kids want to go to a camp, kids across America, they can have that opportunity to go to camp. And so, and get that experience. So those are the things that the Lord has been doing and to help birth that distinctly his ministry in the midst of me and my wife and why we do what we do, you know? Well, um, I kind of felt like the last episode we were robbed. And when I say robbed, that was not being able to get the full Lee Jackson experience. So there is a question I always ask every guest that I didn't get a chance to ask you towards the end of the last episode. So I'm going to ask you early in this one, but the question says, if you could go back in time and you could talk to your younger self, just, you know, with some things that you know now that you wish you knew when you were younger, I want you to just take a moment, especially seeing yourself and some of these young men and women that are listening to this podcast today, take this moment to share with them some things, you know, now you wish you knew when you were younger. I wish I would have known that um, I wish I would have known the Lord earlier and I would I would say trust in trust in the process that the Lord has for you those tough situations you go in is for your benefit because the those some of those tough those tough situations I was in gave me the confidence to know that God brought me through that so when I come to these situations, I'm able to tell these young folks, you have no excuse not to be successful because I've been through that same situation. I deal with kids who are homeless, who living in cars, and we have an opportunity where I was able to help a kid go to college who was living out of his car, who went to school here in, you know, in inner city school. It's because, um, you know, trust in the Lord. You have to know that God is real, but God is there. And you just have to be willing to be sold out for him. You know, I think if, if there was anything I would tell them is to be sold out for the Lord and trust in the process. Trust in the process. 
you know, it's for your good. It's for your good to help somebody else because he will use you to glorify him and what you do. Like I feel called to the inner city because that's what I grew up in. Most people want to run from it. I want to run to it. So. You know, it's undoubtedly that somebody's going to hear this, this testimony that you shared on not just this uh, current episode, but on the prior episode and they're going to want to know how can they support you where can they find you if you don't mind i'm gonna give you a plug talk about if anybody's listening and wants to support your ministry or get involved or get their kids where you're at tell us how we can do so you can go to distinctlyhis.com and check us out on the website that's our website you can email me at distinctlyhis at gmail.com or you can look at us at on Twitter or Instagram. I think it's Instagram is distinctly his. Um, and in Twitter, I think it's underscore or I got to catch that one back for you, but uh, you can catch us. We're out there. Uh, you can go to football to If you want your kids to be able to get involved in a football camp that we do. Uh, and that's football with the number two faith.com. And then to jump in our mentoring program, you can test that online on the website. You can do everything from the website at uh, distinctlyhis.com. Um, that's how you can do that. So I, I want, I'm want i going to end this on a high note. I'm going to ask you two quick questions. First one, is Ted Ginn Sr. still living? Yes, Ted Ginn Sr. is still living. We're working on a project now where he is. he just won the state championship. His goal was never to win a, a trophy. His his trophies has been the jewels of our lives of seeing us come from the ground, from the dirt, and being successful men uh, in this world. I mean, but he won a state championship. He didn't, you know, he didn't think that it would happen. It was the, he's the first inner city coach of Cleveland Public Schools to win a state championship, and then he just go ahead. Since I know he is living, I wanted to say, first of all, I want you to make sure he hears these two episodes because we definitely have to give men and women like him their roses while they're still living. Because you don't see a lot of people that are doing what he's doing that's replicating in people like yourself that's now paying it back forward. So the second part of my question, no, he's alive. We want to make sure he gets his roses. But for you, the same way he impacted you. And left a legacy, a living legacy with you that you're replicating. What's the legacy you want to leave with the young people you're mentoring and what you hope to come from it? Mm. Man, the, the legacy that I want to leave uh, for these young folks is, is the same thing that Ted Ginn Sr. did for me. The same thing that God has did for him. And the same thing God is doing for me. And that is, you know, love God. Love others. And love yourself. You know, being able to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. But then loving others, knowing that, hey, you are being willing to share that love of what God has gave, bestowed on you to own others. Loving them more than you love yourself. You know, and, and being consistent and being um, committed to helping them through that with love. 
all these tough situations, all these easy situations, but doing it with love and loving them and then loving yourself, knowing who you are and whose you are. Um, because you can't be shaken when you know who you are and you're not going to be afraid because you know whose you are, knowing who's your father and who's your dad and knowing that God is in control and he's sovereign. And so knowing that, well, well, that's the legacy I want to leave, that these guys will run back to the Lord and go, hey, I might have been impacted by Lee, but Lee was impacted by Ted again, but they both was impacted by the Lord, Jesus Christ. And that's what we always want to bring them to, because that is not about me. It's about the Lord. And if we can bring him glory, that's what we want to do. Brother, I would even miss to say I hate that we're at the tail end of this interview. Uh, anytime I hear something like this that makes me as talkable as I am, <laughs> be quiet and listen, that lets me know how good the resources were that you provided with us today, brother. So before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to share before we tap out and prepare for next week's episode? Yeah, um, and man, keep doing what you do. Um, man, we need this. You know, kids need an opportunity to hear from athletes. They need to hear from from uh, pastors. They need to hear from uh, men who's working and women who's working uh, in the communities um, and know that, hey, it's going to be all right if you just lean and trust on the Lord. It's going to be good. And just wait and wait on the process. But go out and do what you do. You know, that's what I love to do. What I do is because I seen the roadmap. Ted Ginn Sr. gave me the roadmap. And the only thing we got to do is start listening to our elders and get the roadmap and follow the roadmap to be successful. Well, brothers, much blessings to you. Much blessings to you guys. I promised and therefore have I delivered, but we have conversations that are designed to push you from walking in potential to fulfilling your purpose. And if this two-part episode has not ignited your faith, your passion, your purpose, your destiny, your just your wanting to, come back because we'll have more. Until next time, guys. Peace.